Good afternoon and welcome to Susan Harmon Experience. She and truly, truly, we say this all the time, We this is really, really seriously a time to love one another. Um, I'm, I feel like this is a special show. Eric is off wonderlusting. And uh, I get to have Nathan with me today. Hey, Nathan. Well, hello again, Susan. Long time no talk. I know, but it's a good way to start the new year. I had Eric. Now I got you. This is good. Nice potpourri. Uh, very, very good. And, you know, to bring it some spice that's really nice, we have Jordana Gainsworthy on the show with us. Now, I just recently met her. And she immediately impressed me. I just looked in her eyes, and I knew I knew this woman. Uh, she's just really, really an amazing uh, person. And I and I love the fact she and I have some things in common. I'm just going to read the first line of her bio to you guys because it's so cool. Made in London, arrived on the planet in Los Angeles. Raised in London, Beverly Hills, in New York City. Born into, into two of the biggest illusions, the film industry and the jet set. So um, the, she wrote more, and I'm just going to go ahead and read it because it's really cool. Age three was the most amazing and revealing. Started UCLA while still in high school with intention of being a doctor. Became certified in nutrition and realized I am more interested in wellness than illness. And that's a huge thing with me. I'm always, we have a sick care system here, you know, <laughs> a health care system. Uh, so she studied healing modalities all over the world, uh, living in uh, both coasts, bi-coastal L.A. and New York, and uh, was the creative director, uh, creative director of a record company. But she had a life-changing epiphany on a sidewalk in New, and of all places, New Jersey, uh, 22 years ago. And I want to, at the top of the hour here, uh, we'll do it again later in the show. But just so you have it, if you have a pencil and paper. Uh, write this down because before the show's over, you are going to want to contact Jordana. Uh, I, I think she's an amazing woman. I really do. And I, I don't say those things all the time, especially with someone I've just met. But there was a there was an instant connection, which was great. Uh, so her phone number is 480-272-3558. 480 272 Three five five eight. If and we'll we'll give out that information again, uh, plus her uh, email uh, address probably uh, before the show is over. But uh, if by any chance you don't have a pen or you miss the second thing or whatever, you can always contact me, Susan at susanharmon.com, and I will send you her information uh, because I think it's important. Uh, for you to contact her. Hi, Jordana. Welcome to the show. Hello, Susan, and thank you so much for having me on. Well, I, I met you, and I'm like, you know what? I really need to have this woman on the show, and this is the time. Before we get started any further than this, though, I have to do a shout-out. Um, recently, I went to a Mexican restaurant that had been closed that I've I had initially gone to when I first moved here, and I and I liked it. And I, some really nice waiters. And then uh, it got bought by somebody else. And then I changed some things on the menu, but they kept the thing that I liked. And they still had the same same staff. And then um, not that long ago, a month or two ago, it uh, was shut down for about a week. And then it reopened for a third owner. And what's so special about this and why I'm doing the shout-out this man, who um, is just really, really an amazing guy, Jose Mendez, he was a waiter there for all, through the other owners. He really knows what what it takes, what it does, and now he's the owner. And I just really want to support them because uh, Amigos uh, is here in Surprise. It's at 13621 North Litchfield Road. Um, it's where the movie theater is and surprise and, and there's a bowling alley there. They're, they, they're situated kind of between the movie theater and the bowling alley. And um, really, the food is great. The service is, is wonderful. And I love the idea of supporting somebody who has worked really, really hard 
to get a business, understands the business, and wants to improve on it. So, uh, yes, I'm not being paid for that. That is not a paid commercial. That is just my heart saying I appreciate it. And you know what was really cool is he says, well, we had uh, you missed the grand opening, but we, we had uh, gift certificates. If I've got one left. And I got a gift certificate too, so I guess I did get paid, huh? I don't know. Is that? I don't know, but I'm just. I just think it's uh, great to see the working man become the uh, the boss. I don't know about you. What do you think, Jordan? Is that kind of cool? I think that's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And he really knows the business. You know, when you start at the bottom up. Exactly. If you know what's going on in the kitchen. And you know what the customers like and don't like. And if you're the waiter, you get that. <laughs> yes. So I had to do that. That that made my heart good. So some of you may have seen a thing in the news about impeachment. <laughs> uh, a couple of people have mentioned it. Mm-hmm. And, and I have this old-fashioned idea about honor. You know, I just think that uh, honor is really important to us in our lives, right? Yeah. So um, every senator, John Roberts is the uh, chief justice of the Supreme Court. And the chief justice, here's the way the situation goes. The House of Representatives will impeach. It's not just presidents. It can be other, you know, other people as well. It can be judges. uh, It can be a, a variety of things. But the trial for impeachment is held. Now, once you're impeached, you're impeached. But to be convicted, the trial takes place in the Senate. The Senate becomes the jury. And everyone on the jury swears an oath that the uh, John Roberts, in this case, the uh, Supreme Court justice, the chief justice does it. He runs the trial. It's not a typical criminal trial. Uh, It's political. But nonetheless, my old-fashioned self says that when you swear an oath, you adhere to the oath that you swear. I don't care if people before you didn't do it that way. I don't care if people after you didn't do it that way. If you are not an oath-breaker, you must Stand there, you raise your hand and you swear an oath. And every senator, a hundred of them, stood there and swore an oath. And the oath is, I solemnly swear that in all things appertaining to the trial of the impeachment of Donald John Trump, President of the United States, now pending, I will do impartial justice according to the Constitution and laws. So help me God. Now, I'm not saying Democrats or Republicans, one is better or worse than others. I have my personal opinion, but that's an opinion. The fact is, senators, uh, both Democrat and Republican, have stated their opinions about how they feel about the, the evidence against Trump in this trial. And it's a political trial, so it's a little confusing uh, to people. And I think that it's important to note that when you have sworn the oath and you stand there and say, I'm not, I'm not going to do impartial, uh, <clears throat> impartial justice as Mitch McConnell publicly said. Uh, and there are senators, like I said, on both sides, I think that it would behoove the American people, no matter who your Senator is to send them a little note saying, I expect you to follow the oath you've sworn and look at the evidence that is presented and make your judgments based on that, not on how you feel, but on what the evidence shows. And to do that, uh, I'm not sure what John Roberts will or won't do, but he, I, he prides, he and I don't agree on many things, but I've seen him go against political parties that he supports, uh, because he believes himself to be a fair and impartial judge. So I'd like to test him on that and see if he is going to insist that there will be witnesses uh, and evidence will be presented. So that's that's my take on that. And uh, I think that we are seriously at a very uh, dangerous point in our history as America. Uh, our 
democracy has been in danger for some time, and we do have concerns. I have great concerns. I, I do love my country, but I think a thing that a lot of people don't realize is that uh, countries come and go, governments come and go, civilizations come and go. And we're a little arrogant here in the United States. We think we're going to, we're number one, we're going to do this. And we're, we're not number one in many things. Our status in the world has uh, continued to drop. And we don't think long term. So having said all those things, it's a wake up time for us as a nation. And it's a wake up time for us as individuals. What do we want? Um, I know that a lot of people don't participate in the political process because they don't have any faith in it. And I'm a believer, <laughs> call me crazy, but I truly believe that this experiment called the United States of America is as a government of, by, and for the people has an opportunity here to get up off of its lazy bottom and um, actually be that instead of talking about it. Uh, anyway, so much on that. But there is one other thing. I'm stop talking nonstop here, folks. Um, you may not have seen it on the news because it hasn't gotten much play, but the entire Russian government, uh, the entire Russian government resigned. And have uh, either one of you, either Nathan or Jordan, have you heard about this? Yes. Okay, good. I don't know if Nathan has or not. Hasn't been on much uh, much of the news, but this is huge. Uh, this is Putin yeah. uh, will no longer be president. A president can only serve two terms in 2024. And here's something, folks, if you don't realize that the Russians think long term, you know, chess is the national pastime. Um, Putin's desire for power. Uh, follows a long history in Russia. I mean, when the when the uh, uh, oh gosh, what were the the rulers called before they were the governments? The what? Czars. Thank you. The czars had ultimate power in everything, and they've actually kept that kind of energy. It's an oligarchy. The the czars' ultimate power, uh, and the extraordinarily strong reach that Russia has into the United States will impact our lives. And people aren't getting the bigger picture and understanding that things that happen in Russia are going to have an influence here. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a reason that uh, Mitch McConnell is being called Moscow Mitch. Um, we don't live separately from the rest of the world. And all the people in this country who want to stick their head in the sand and say, we're isolationists, we don't care what other people do, we don't care, it doesn't matter if you care or not, it happens. We are interconnected. Uh, this is a tiny little planet, and we are definitely inter interconnected. Um, I have a friend who uh, lived in, her, her majors in college were mathematics and Russian. Uh, she's a brilliant woman, and she's lived in Russia several different times. And she's talking about roughly 94, 96. She can't remember the exact year, but somewhere in the, the mid-90s, she was visiting in Russia. And she said uh, she was told not to go out on the streets. Martial law was in, in effect uh, because there was you know, all this stuff going on, and they were making changes. None of that was on the news in the United States, none of it. And some months later, they said, oh, the FBI and the CIA were involved because they, they there was some kind of a drug raid thing. But that was uh, really not important. But the, seriously, martial law, we never heard anything about it here in this country. Uh, and right now, it, most of the news, there was, I finally... I found it interesting that it wasn't on the things I stream on um, YouTube. It wasn't on my feed at all. She told me about it. I went and looked it up and did see the CNN story on it. Um, but it was interesting because, to me, because I have a friend in Scotland who's telling me he watches the Russian news because he thinks it's more open. And she's telling me the same thing. She says, man, when they, they talk about war, they don't, they don't sugarcoat it like we do here. They show the, you know, 10 million people who are dead, you know, kind of thing. I mean, it, 
So there is, I'm going to start looking into uh, expanding my consciousness in terms of uh, of the worldview and, and check out more uh, sources than, be, you know, than the uh, BBC and, uh, you know, the variety of sources here in the United States. So uh, this is uh, this is something we that I think is seriously an issue that we that we need to look up. Uh, and and understand and and make changes on and just so you know um and this will get us into where we need to be with with you jordana uh i went on mystic mama again it's a you know we have a, a a resident astrologer uh here on this show who who does a monthly uh thing saying how you know what what's coming up for the following month but uh, i check out a lot of different things and i want to share with the audience mystic mama it um it really um gets to the point about about the fact that we um uh need to take a look at uh you know, all of the, well, first of all, last Friday, a week ago, was the lunar eclipse, the full moon in Cancer, and uh, that was, uh, but it's going to uh, affect us. It's, it does, eclipses aren't, don't impact us on just one day. They have like a six-month thing, and then there's, it, 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 one thing kind of develops into another and you kind of have to take a look at the bigger picture. So it isn't just all the planets that are in conjunction with each other last Friday. There's a long-term impact on those things and uh, some more so than others. And we're talking about the mother energy of love uh, for ourselves. And this right now is a huge moment in time. So I bring up the political thing for you to see it on that level, but there's personal levels for all of this at the same time that there are the larger uh, challenges uh, that we look at and what's happening in our history. So it isn't, you know, the one of the things I say, it isn't what the world gives to you, it's what you do with what the, what the world gives you. So it's how we respond to things, how we look at them. Do we operate from fear or do we move out of that and see what it is we need to do in this? Um, and there was a really uh, good thing. One of the reasons, I'm babbling, sorry. One of the reasons that uh, I like Mystic Mama is they have contributions for more than one person. And I like that because then you get a fuller pictures. Uh, so it, it, he's talking about Rumi saying, there is a field, I'll meet you there. And that field, you know, is beyond the ideas of right doing and wrong doing. And I think it's important. It's the field of oneness, of unity consciousness, where the uh, ascended masters roam. So if this is where we, we connect with each other, it changes everything. We're not connecting down in, oh, I can't do that because th- they'll, they'll come and get me. I can't do this because that will happen. And um, we stop ourselves continuously from growing. So while I say that we look at things to the next quarter, uh, we, most politicians spend two years campaigning before an election, which is crazy, but they don't think about the consequences of things. So indigenous people um, on this uh, continent thought unto the seventh generation. Uh, the Russians have a minimum, they have a series of five-year plans. And it's time for us to grow up and quit being short-sighted. I mean, I just think it's really, uh, really, really, really important. Uh, we need to consider all parts, make sure that our decisions take into account the well-being of all who might be affected. Quit looking at, can I make some money off of this? Because folks, the air is real. The water is real. Love is real. Money isn't. So, having said that, Jordana, got any comments? Well, money is an energy. Right, that's true. But it's a medium of exchange. But that's what energy is. Mm -hmm. You can't can't kill energy. It doesn't disappear. It can transform, transmute. But you can't kill energy. But so money can be forthcoming to you, or it can be stopped energetically. 
Right. That people Absolutely. don't definitely think of it that way. But you were you were talking about uh, the field, and the field is what I work with. And you brought up an interesting point in about fear. And fear is actually something that people might be able to use or relate to to understand how do you know the field is there? How do you feel the field? Well, when a person goes into fear, it's not their leg that is fearful. It's not their eye that's fearful. What is it that overtakes them with this sense and feeling of fear? It's their field because that's where it all starts and then it comes into the body and when it lands finally in the body there you'll start seeing disease or things not functioning properly due to dissonance in the field but the the fun piece there if if you could call fear fun is it's an example of where people can actually go oh wow i'm feeling my field yes with grief Grief is not in the body. I mean, crying is, but grief comes in waves. It's an energetic that we cannot control. Grief is probably one of the most, that and forgiveness are two of the most amazing emotions that we have no control over. But we can heal. Anyway, I digressed a little, but I'm not sure whether I connected some dots of what you were saying. No, I thought what you said was perfect. No, it definitely does. Because, see, we don't just have like a Susan doesn't know everything kind of thing going on here. We definitely uh, on this show, um, um, we definitely on this show want to um, um, oh, have open ideas. Two possibilities. Other yes, exactly. Yes. Uh, and and that's and that to me is is having a conversation isn't me just overwhelming you, you know. It's me learning, you know what I'm saying. It's it. I want to learn always, um, you know. And how can I learn if I just listen to me alone? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's... then be called crazy lady talking to herself over the <laughs> Well, yeah, that happens too. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. So, uh, crazy lady here, you know, uh, it doesn't have a problem with uh, talking to herself. I kind of enjoy myself a lot, but it's so much more interesting to hear what somebody else has to say. <laughs> yes, it is. It is, and it's fun to learn from people. But the field, as as you were saying, is to me, it's actually consciousness. We haven't, not everyone has connected those dots. They'll they'll talk about the field or the auras, but what are they exactly? And how is it we are all connected? Well, all those fields are connected. How do you know when you get a phone call who it is? You know, a lot of people know that and they just take it for granted or don't pay attention to it. Uh, But that's part of the field or that you'll be thinking about someone and then all of a sudden you get a text. Well, was it you? Because you're connected. Exactly. And what you were picking up on in your field was that person texting you or thinking I have to text Susan, and then they start the texting and you pick up on that because that energy is already being sent to you. Right. I mean, there's going to, a lot of people are very uptight over that. Everybody knows there's no more secrecy that they can hack in, (laughs) that they follow you, that Google knows where you are, that everybody knows where you are every minute. Yeah. But, but that's happening without it. You're just not consciously, consciously aware of that. No, I think it's even more beautiful than that. Yes. I think it's the way the human has to begin, like training wheels, to understand consciousness is mm-hmm. through this whole internet connectivity that is more tactile 
And then as that become, they get more, e they get easier with that. Comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Then more and more, the idea of intuition and connectivity without devices will become every day. Absolutely. I mean, we go back, you know, do you remember the movie with James Coburn, the president's analyst? I know the title, so that means I well, saw it, but I just don't... Don't remember. Okay, but I anyway, will. everybody's doing acid on it and all that, and he's the president's analyst. He has, But he can't talk to anyone. Like most analysts, they have their own analyst, right? Right. <laughs> but he doesn't because he can't let out state secrets kind of thing. So you you know how far back this is. But anyway, yeah. he... he uh, uh, who finally is kidnapping him is TPC, the phone company, because they want to implant a little device in everyone. <laughs> so you don't have the phone. And it's interesting because we are doing microchips, you know, in, yeah. in our kids. So, if they get, so these things that we, that we have as science fiction and all, um, they do come true. They do come true. And, and there's there's just so much. Like, my mother was manager of Theater Incorporated. It was a live theater in Houston. And uh, that's where Patrick Swayze's mom, Patsy Swayze, was a choreographer. When they say, oh, he's a natural dancer. Uh, yeah, he had dance lessons for years. But she's in, in, the, uh, in, the, in the ticket booth one day. And the phone rings. And she picks up and instead of saying, uh, good afternoon, Theater Incorporated. She says the person who's calling's phone number. Okay. Now this is before we before we had things that showed up and told you the phone numbers. You know, right. didn't have any of that stuff in those days. So you know that the other person was like, "What?" She said, "I don't know why I said that." <laughs> kind of thing. But I come from a family where that's normal, right? And so the more families, you know, back in that time. Uh, like 80% of people didn't believe in angels. Now I think less than 10% of people don't acknowledge the angelic realm. And yet if you go even further back into like 1918, 19, you know, the early 1900s, they were very into all of that. Very That's right. From the from actually right after the Civil War into that time period, uh, the spiritualists were very very strong. It was very open. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and and uh, you know a lot of that happened. Victoria Woodhull. Have you ever heard of her? Yes. Yes. Thank you, sweet baby Jesus. Because I'm always asking that question. No, I haven't. Yes, I knew I liked you. Uh, she's one of my heroes. She was a spiritualist. She, you know did all these things and that was not unusual but what what they what the other suffragettes didn't like about her was uh, she believed in free love yeah <laughs> she was born before her time i love that woman yeah. <laughs> she's my hero <laughs> for those of you in the audience who don't know you need to check her out she ran for president before women had the vote That's and she was in jail on election day <laughs> so where are we going to go with this are we going to talk about the bioenergetic yes okay yes we are i want to i want to talk about i know one of the things that you said to me something about well the medical world is missing half the equation that's absolutely true but i'd like to take a short break and then come back and talk about that and all of these things about uh, the, the health system and who we are and, and Bioplasticity, I think that is an absolutely magnificent word. <laughs> so, and thank you for, for inventing that. So we'll, we'll be back shortly. You are listening to Susan Harmon Experience on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Stay tuned for more exciting and interesting information with my friend Jordana Gainsworthy. Susan Harmon is offering her skills as an intuitive counselor medium and energy healer via phone or Skype with her audience at a reduced rate of $40 for the first half hour. Susan listens to your guidance and gives what is needed for you in the present moment. Email Susan at SusanHarmon.com and put I love the Susan Harmon hour in the subject line. This is a limited time offer. So set up your appointment by emailing Susan at SusanHarmon.com today. 
In March 2016, Melinda Rabine received the Right Now Today Humanitarian Award for her work on a film about domestic violence called Asylum, which was also awarded Best Narrative Short at the 2018 Cinema on the Bayou Film Festival. Now she's turned her talents to making a new documentary, Stories of Us, Camp Second Chance. In the process, she embedded herself in the camp during the snows of winter, spending Christmas there and returning for numerous visits since. Rabide shows the beauty and humanity of the homeless residents and builds a bridge of compassion in this compelling look at the common threads that bind us all. Interested in knowing more? Contact Melinda Rabine. Email melindarabine at gmail.com. Are you ready to take your healing mastery to the next level? The VAST Institute Masterpiece of Humanity Certification Program will develop your personal and professional toolkit while enriching your approach to life, taking both you and your clients to the next level. Enrollment is now open for our March 20th program. Mention this ad for a professional courtesy discount. If you're an original thinker looking to significantly amplify your presence and influence for good, apply today at vastinstitute.com or call 206 935 no other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Susan Harmon Experience, where I'm with Jordana Gainsworth. I called her Gainsworthy because she's very worthy. I think it was my unconscious, uh, just adding that in. Um, but <laughs> the name is Gainsworth, and uh, she can be reached if you want this info now. I think is a good time to do it. Her phone number is 480-272-3558. And you can email her at Jordana, and that's J-O-R-D-A-N-A-1-N, Jordana, at transformativeedge.com. So just spell that out, transformative, and then add edge. So there's two E's together, E-D-G-E. Dot com transformative edge and that's uh your website and you're as bad as i am still working on it <laughs> yes well revamping it and doing a whole new thing with it so it should be up within about a month to six weeks at the most hopefully cool cool a lot of interesting content well that's uh that's yeah I know that's important, but you're one of those people. I think one of the things about you, you're so busy doing it. You don't have time to name it and discuss it because you're actually deep in it. Exactly. Yeah. So I guess we should talk about what it is. What it is. What is it? Bioplasticity. That's what well, it is. You know, I thought, I thought, and, and it, it's arrogant on my part to think that I invented that word but I really did in my own because it was all by my baby self that I was because I've, I've used the term neuroplastician being a neuroplastician because I think most people know what that is that how the, the brain is very good at forming new synaptic uh, junctures when there's damage to the brain so they consider That's the true. brain somewhat plastic and I went well wait a minute I happen to know that the entire body is that same way, and why don't we call it bioplasticity? So for a couple of days or a week, I've been going around thinking, oh, aren't I great? I came up with a whole new word. I'm a bioplastician. And then I decided to Google it. <laughs> <laughs> I did not invent it. It doesn't say who did, but it is an existing word. word yeah. so it, it exists yeah. in the chemical world for a whole other reason, but um, it's it's used, I guess it just hasn't really gotten out there yet. But like anything, you know, this goes back to the field. Nobody is ever given one idea for an invention. You know, there was Absolutely. Edison and Tesla, there was Marconi and the other one who did the radio. I mean, it-, it, it Combustion it, engine, com you know, engine, yeah. I mean, all of it. Yeah. it. It goes out there and then some people download it. Yeah, the ones that can or that resonate, and that's an example. Exactly. It's like when you resonate with thoughts in the air, in the field, then it will come into you. And then what you do with the thought is where you have choice. You don't have choice about what thought you're going to get. You do have choice once you can try to make a thought. You can't. We can't. We don't, we don't create thoughts. That's the fascinating thing that people don't think about. But uh -huh. Thinking about thoughts. It's very once hard. you get a thought. <laughs> 
then you have a choice. Do you want to think about it or not? And that's where people get stuck, you know, and they'll continue with their negative thoughts. But back to, um, because we could go on and on all over the place and confuse everyone, but we know what we're talking about. (laughs) Anyway, um, so we'll start, I think the best place to start is saying that the medical world's missing half the equation, not because they're stupid, far from it. It's because medicine science is based on what they can see. And if they can't see it or equate it or measure it or make it repeat repeat, it, it doesn't, it's not, it's, if it's not verifiable, it doesn't, it doesn't exist. But I'd like to just say at one time, not only did we not have a microscope, an MRI, a CAT scan, a tomography or anything else we didn't surgeons didn't even wash their hands so we've come a long way but to think we don't have further to go or to think there isn't more to the human to me would be a little short-sighted a lot short-sighted i work with the field itself now i'm not a hands-on uh, I don't do body work. I, I do. I call myself. Um, I do bioenergetic medicine. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to use the term bioplastician, and I have the ability to tap into the body's innate wisdom. You know, the inner physician in all of us, and yep. proceed from there at the body's direction, if you will, or the innate direction with various healing techniques and the one that and i finally after 22 years uh have created my own modality and i'm i've slimmed everything down to trauma i'm i now my big thing is cutting edge trauma resolution because to me trauma is a public health issue People are walking around with PTSD that, no, they're not in the military. No, they did not see their best friend blow up. But they went through a horrendous divorce and they are left with nothing or they lost a child or they have had to declare bankruptcy or they lost their job. Those are all huge traumas that people, you know, your friends will say, oh, well, buck up, tomorrow's another day, you'll be better, everything will be fine. But they don't realize that what the shock of it has caused actual PTSD in that being. Absolutely. Uh, We store these things in our tissues. Everybody talks about fight or flight, but they don't talk about freeze. And that's... a, a. a response to trauma and what we end up doing is it may not look the same but we repeat that trauma over and over and over again in with, our lives with our thoughts we mm-hmm. repeat it just by thinking about it or you go to talk therapy and you keep talking about the trauma but the and you are correct to say it's stored in our tissues but it can also be stored in our field but this is the uh, other half of the human that or all living things that we aren't able to see yet, but it has an amazing ability. And I call it protection. Yes. Because when we have, and there are so many people out there that have had these huge traumas, literal physical traumas, car accidents, and they walk away unscathed, but the car is totaled. I'm sorry, there is no way you have walked away unscathed. Absolutely. You, what your bot, what your your this other half of the equation of the human's body did was encapsulate. Encapsulate exactly. So this is my word um, for what I do, and these so these encapsulations, and it can be many times in the brain because that's what you know moves around when we get hit, no matter what. Um, you can't stop the brain from hitting inside the head. And you're, um, you were talking about the ANA, the autonomic nervous system, all of those bits of the brain that if they got damaged in that accident would literally kill the person, but it's not their time. This field of the body will encapsulate that part that needs protection 
so they don't die. Those encapsulations cannot be seen. And over time, they cause interference. They cause other problems like you see in the NFL. It will cause rage. It will cause suicidal tendencies. It will go down the line and cause Parkinsonian tendencies. It can cause so many things. And I cannot tell you the amount of people I have removed because I literally remove these encapsulations and every symptom is gone. Right, right. To me, the future of medicine is this type of scanner that that I, I'm not interested in teaching what I do, not on a, on a selfish, for a selfish reason. I, I started in pre-med. I started out being, wanting to be a doctor. I want this technology in the medical world. That's where it belongs to help man, not somebody, not everybody believes as you and I do, nor do they need to that, you know, they have different purposes and, and right. And they're not going to, not only not listen to us, they're not going to come to me to get better. They're going to go to their doctor. And if their doctor had this technology and could see these encapsulations in the body, which can be, you know, a tiny bone that's causing carpal tunnel syndrome, they don't need surgery on that wrist. They need that, that, that encapsulation removed. And I just did this last week and the gentleman's wrist was not only out of pain, he had a big lump that went away immediately. Right. How, you know, and it's very Because we're fluid. No, it's not about fluid. It's no, I don't mean water or think. I'm talking our... our oh, we are fluid beings. Bioplasticity. We, right. Yes, we can reform. I mean, I worked on a woman just like you're talking about, and I didn't know what I was doing in terms of the actual doing. I was just doing it. I felt this roughness and I just was, you know, moving energy where that was in the abdomen, blah, blah, blah. And I, and I thought, oh, that's better now. And then went on about it. Afterwards, she said, what did you do? I had had surgery. I had adhesions and I can't feel anything there now. I said, oh, well, I just smoothed them out. That's the way I phrased it. That's the only way I knew to say it. But that's exactly what you're talking about. It's, it's just phrasing it differently. It's similar. You do yeah. more energetic work. I yeah, meaning more hands-on healing work. I don't consider what I do that at all. I can do mine even from a distance. I don't yeah. just like doing that because I like working with the client because there's just so many other pieces to it and getting every, every all, you know getting them more into a harmonious place. Um, right take some other pieces using electromagnetic frequencies, et cetera. But, um, yeah, it's, I, I stay more medical only because, and mainly because this, what my, my passion is to, is to bridge these two worlds and to get this to the medical world, not to keep it in what is considered the woo woo world. And we are getting so beyond that. It's like Reiki. You know, Reiki right. is now an therapy in hospitals. Acupuncture is. Acupuncture right. made it because two nuclear medical um, doctors in France were able to actually photograph a meridian in the early 90s. And that was what allowed the NIH here, the National Institutes of Health, to finally determine acupuncture can be an adjunct pain therapy modality in hospitals again they had to see it they didn't believe you know like the chinese for three thousand years that <laughs> we had to see it yeah. uh, uh reiki yeah. I, i'm amazed that that has gone as far as it has gone and i think it's fabulous it's what has helped bridge um into you know the the energetic world into the medical world but again my passion is to get the technology uh to the invented in the medical world. And I know it will be, it may already exist. They just are using it for other things at this point, like NASA or whatever. I know the Russians have been working on this since the early fifties with the two Dr. Curlians that came out with the Curlian camera, which I don't know whether you know what that is, but yes, I do. Curlian photography. That's bio. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of 
and, and I don't want to sidetrack us too much, but people say they're using curly in photography and they are not. They're using, it's, it's not real at all. They're not taking a picture of your aura, folks. Right. There, well, there's a lot, a lot of stuff out there. Yeah. And yeah. all of that is helping us get one step closer, I think. Right. That's, yeah. Yeah, I think it's important what you're doing and the way that you're approaching it and you're coming at it from, from one Because I, I basically had an idea. And, of course, what I do sometimes is I get an idea, blah, blah, blah. It's, you know, uh, I don't follow through, whatever. Uh, but I always had this thought, wouldn't it be cool if, like, a surgeon is, is working, but you have an energy worker work with them so that you're telling the cells as the knife is going through that the cells that are still there not to hold that trauma in, you know, in the, in the, the cells next to the cells that have been cut into. There actually is a surgeon back east that is doing this uh, he mm. he himself is doing it he himself has that's what i'd like to see now and and i to me that's the beginning of a change in the surgical world i as far as how surgery is taught in school i think it's we're we're just we're at the brink but i think because of uh, artificial and in, uh, intelligence we're going to move so fast I do too. In the medical world, especially because they already are, my God! I mean, what we've got three D printers making hearts. We've got <laughs> that, and that's going to be archaic probably in another five years. Yeah, yeah, it's moving very rapidly. I mean, I look at, oh gosh, what was that in the nineteen seventies of paying and a hundred dollars then for a uh, a a, a um, calculator that was big and bulky yeah. i mean you know and it was a and now you've got a little calculator that you know that you hardly ever use it because it's on your phone but you get one for five bucks you know this is a little thin solar powered you know what I mean? yeah. Like, yeah that's a huge difference well they don't even learn you don't have to do th they don't even use pencils in school anymore <laughs> no and they can't spell either <laughs> well, texting is causing a big problem with that right right well, and they're not le learning cursive a lot of schools have stopped teaching cursive which means you're not you're not you're not even have your own signature handwriting which is which which really does shift a whole lot of things i mean because i can't tell you how many documents in the last few years that i have signed uh on the online and and you know it's a signature that i'm putting on there that's not my signature but they say is this is, is does this look like the one you want to use and you pick that one and you use that signature but it's not your signature no it's the signature of what your computer or something. I don't. Yeah, exactly. It's my computer signature. My computer made this decision. There we go. Artificial intelligence is already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But back to the human. I I just want people to get that they are capable of so much. Their body is capable of healing at a level that they have no idea of because they don't believe it. They're not taught it. You're not taught to listen to yourself as a child. You're taught to listen to everybody else. Right. You now we give right. up, we disempower our children in so many ways. Terrible. So when you become an adult, you're full of fear and you believe that everybody knows more about you than you do. And you don't listen to yourself. Well, thank God, you know, we have what is I call the innate because it's non-denominational. It's actually chiropractors that use that term a great deal. And it's just, it, it, it's your higher self. It's, you're a huge all-knowing being that can't fit into this 3D body that the brain, everything is limited to function in this world. Thank God we have it because we have to function in this world. But if you could just walk around knowing you're so much more and that you don't need to be in pain, you don't need to be on opioids, you really can get rid of all your concussed symptoms. And I mean, there's just so much more. Absolutely. And I mean, I love the way you talk about we're an information system, not just a bag of chemicals. And that's huge. That's a huge way of looking at things. Yeah, we are. We are constantly informing ourselves. You know, that's getting back to talking to ourselves. Mm -hmm. like people Crazy ladies. Quiet and listen 
more or allow. I mean, that I, I think that's part of what why meditation is so popular. Do you need to literally meditate to listen to yourself? No. And I think it, many times because meditation is so strongly emphasized that a lot of people walk around going, I can't meditate. What's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. You don't need to meditate, but just go quiet sometimes. Get rid of all the toys and just tune in. Exactly. Exactly. And also people have some very structured idea of what meditation is, which is a whole nother story. And we are coming. We have just a few minutes left. I want one more time. Would you please give people your contact information and then your last words? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> uh, my contact, my phone number is 480-272-3558. And my email is Jordana, J-O-R-D-A-N-A, at transformativeedge.com. That's really good. And so what would you like to leave our audience with, Jordana? Know that you are more Just know that you are more and that there is, number one, there is help available for people that don't believe that there is or that they've been told they can't. Oh, my God, the stories I could tell people coming out, you know, walking with canes and they're told there's nothing that can be done. And I have seen so I've had so many clients walk away without their canes Mm -hmm. that there there is help out there and that there is much more possible for you than you realize and don't listen to anyone that says you can't get better go to a therapist go to a psychiatrist it's all in your head it's not true you can get better you can get better and uh, honestly that is one of the things that i've seen women being told more than men uh, that it's all in your head and all you need are some tranquilizers when what you really need is to hydrate <laughs> yeah, hydrate, and you probably have encapsulations and a type right. of PTSD, you know, and nobody's telling you that. <laughs> exactly. Crazy. Yeah, and and we do, but you know, we're growing and learning all the time, and we don't all grow and learn at the same pace. No, Unless, like humanity is a caterpillar, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, we we are as again so much more. T- totally. Well, um. I am so delighted that you took the time out of your very, very busy days to spend this uh, hour with me. Uh, uh, And I did want to share this other information today that I thought was important for people to look at, but it fits right in to what you're doing and how you're doing and how it can be done differently. And you don't have to be stuck. There's ways of of getting rid of this stuff without uh, doing uh, a bunch of drugs or, you know, any of these kind of crazy things. Um, again, Jordana, it's been an absolute delight to have you on the show. Oh, well, thank you. It's, it's been my honor. So folks, next week we are going to have Michelle Sherman, uh, on, uh, she is the director of Vast Institute, uh, in Seattle. Uh, she is very interesting woman. I've known uh, Michelle for many years and, uh, I actually am very entranced with a a lot of work that she does. And we're going to share that with you next week. We're going to talk about uh, things she has upcoming and what's going on in her life. And uh, she and I can sit and talk for hours. So that will not be a problem. (laughs) Just communicate out the yin-yang. Meanwhile, there is something you can do before any of this other stuff. And you can do this right now today. And that, my friends, is a very important thing for you to do. And that is to keep on dancing.